Kayla, it's great to have you back on the podcast. Thank you. And I know your life must be completely changed. How is it now with the two little ones? Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, absolutely crazy. Um, and I think it's only going to get crazier. But do you know what? To have uh, newborn twins is, is just something so special. It's, it's so hard to describe, but it is certainly is life-changing. Yeah, I've always heard that. I myself don't have kids, but I, I know it's something that just uh, top to bottom changes your life, doesn't it? Totally. And it's, it's, it's absolutely wonderful. The, the, you know, the sleepless nights, it's not so much sleepless. We're getting sleep, but very broken. And that's something I'm not used to. But I guess, you know, we have to adapt to these things and, and, and just deal with it. But the, uh, when, when you get the smiles at the end of it, it's all worthwhile. And I, I've always heard that adrenaline kicks in too. You get this different kind of energy. Oh, I don't know about that. I'm, I'm, trying, <laughs> I'm looking for the energy, but no, it, you, you just find it, you know, when you, when you have to engage and, and play and it's, it's something that for me, it's almost putting it, going into character when, when playing with them. So, um, and I guess that's what I do when I'm coaching as well. You know, it's, it's a different me when I'm coaching, um, but it's, it's good fun and I'm really enjoying it. Nice. Nice. And congratulations again on that. Thank you. Um, and of course, the other big thing is the COVID. Yeah, that wasn't expected, was it? <laughs> no, no. And, and I think where you're living, you're in a rural area, aren't you? Yeah, so I live on a mountain. I mean, in terms of self-isolation, we, we couldn't have it any better. And I know there's people in far worse positions. And, uh, you know, I, we can't complain. We're, we're on a mountain. We've got over five acres. We've got beautiful mountains around us. So if you're going to be locked down somewhere, here is definitely the place to be. And, and I think that's what I find frustrating about this situation is, we, you know, we, we want people to come to us because we can socially distance. We can stay safe. Uh, our training camps can run as, as planned um, with, with the coaching side of it. The only thing we now cannot offer is, is food and accommodation. Um, so, you know, things are definitely having to change. But in terms of having the ideal location, I'd struggle to think of anywhere better. Yeah, I was thinking about that because um, you create almost, it seems like a family atmosphere when people come to you. Like you said, you sit down at dinner table together, um, and that's certainly changed. But as a place to train, um, I, I, I think you would be ideal. Yeah, you know, for, for anybody that's considering coming on the training camps, uh, fear not. We're, we're taking this still very seriously. Uh, not so much for the boys because... Uh, apparently you know the youngsters don't tend to suffer with the, the covid problem but but for us if we get ill then how are we going to care for for the babies so we are taking this seriously and we will continue to do so for as long as we need to um to to keep everyone safe so anybody who's thinking of coming on a camp and is not sure then rest assured that you know we're taking this as seriously as possible and uh, social distancing is not an issue in our facility but the changes are with the food and accommodation. Uh, we're asking people to find their own place to stay. And there's plenty of uh, places in, in Swansea, which is not too far away. Yeah, it's, it's, it's changed. I mean, uh, there was a, um, I can't remember which state it was in the U.S., but they put out a 1 to 10 risk assessment of different behaviors. And the traditional style gym is, a, of course, high risk. Um, but it, it all depends on where you are and how you're doing it and how careful people are. But it's high um, risk, David. It's high risk because this hasn't been an issue before. But I think there's a lot of facilities out there that can quite comfortably say, yes, we can 
do this safely. And it's actually, you know, raised our awareness to think, well, why didn't we have hand sanitizer in the gym beforehand? Because actually that would make sense. So although COVID has forced us to make certain changes, I think a lot of these changes will be here to stay anyway because they are safer and it is more hygienic. So I think gyms on the whole are going to step up big time. And if gyms follow the protocol, then there's no reason why they can't be a safe environment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and weightlifting, well, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but I think it's one of the sports that can be least affected at the competition level. Um, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Have you, what have you heard uh, from other coaches and how are they affected or um, whales weightlifting or? You know, I'm not, I'm, we, we just focus on ourselves here. Um, I'm, I am in contact with other coaches, but the, the standard thing that I've heard is, you know, everywhere's closed down, therefore business stops. How different gyms are surviving is based on government support. Uh, for us, we get absolutely diddly squat, nothing whatsoever in terms of support. So we've been left to fend for ourselves, which has meant that I've had to change our business model a little bit and, and just take more stuff online. And that's been so, so uh, effective and so rewarding. I've actually been able to tap into um, people who, who train all over the world. I've had lots of interest from the US, from Australia, New Zealand, uh, to name pretty much every country in between. And, and I've had people signing up for Zoom sessions. So I think uh, different businesses have found different ways to cope. And for us, it's been a case of thinking outside the box and looking at this negative situation and turning it into a positive and looking at what we can do rather than what we can't do. And I guess that's the mindset I used to have as a lifter when injured. You know, you get injured. Rather than dwelling on what's happened, let's look at how we can make sure we come back from this uh, in a stronger position. So I've tried to take my, my athlete mindset into business as well. That, that's an interesting thing because uh, I was reading, there was an interview with uh, Maddie Rogers, the U.S. weightlifter, and she said a very similar thing. She said that um, this whole thing affected her, but because of her mindset as an athlete, she just looked at it as another challenge. So how do we get past this and how do we make it a positive? I think that it shows us, too, how important sport is um, as a way of keeping healthy, not only physically, but mentally. You know, athletes have to deal with injuries like you have and you have to work around. Um, and this is a big workaround, but it's something that we've got to do. Totally. It's, it, you know, it is a mindset and you can either look at it as a negative and get stressed by it and the financial situations that many of us find ourselves in, or we can just deal with it and move on. It's not going to change. It's not going to stop. So let's, let's look at the positives and try and pick up from there. And, you know, we already had this on social media, people posting videos or trying to do coaching that way. And, and I think now it's just pushing it even further. Like you said, you're doing the zoom thing. Um, and, and just maybe finding ways of integrating the technologies into it that might be more beneficial for analyzing the lifts and things like that into those platforms. Yeah, for sure. Um, I do think as well that we need to be mindful. There's a lot of people out there doing stuff pretty poorly. So we need to be careful and, and not just take what you see on social media and on the Internet for, for granted, assuming that, that it's always the right way of doing things. I think for people... Uh, looking into the social media side of things, just just be careful what you see and what you hear 
and don't be afraid to challenge it and, and to question it. And, and I welcome people to question the posts that I put out and the, the cues that I give because I want people to really understand it and to grasp those concepts. So as a coach, I welcome um, any questions and queries. But uh, yeah, I encourage people to do that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of what I see on social media, I, I you know, I, I take it with a grain of salt. Sometimes I see people doing things and I think, gosh, you're just putting out an example of something that shouldn't be, you know, imitated. Um, but all, you know, that, that kind of thing will out itself, I guess. Uh, let's talk about the competition angle then. I mean, it seems the calendar has been put off until October 31st. Mm-hmm. I think is the next um, event that will count as a qualifying for the Olympics. The Olympics has been postponed to 2021. Um, how do you think weightlifting, it, it, I said earlier, I think it it's, will be an easy adaptation for weightlifting competitions because you're, you're on the platform by yourself. The spacing can be done in the warm-up area. Um, you can, you know, downplay the amount of spectators or space the spectators, but it seems to be a sport that would be less affected. What do you think about that? I'm in agreement in that there are certainly ways around uh, the, the challenges that we face, particularly when it comes to social distancing. Um, obviously, you've got the issue then with cross-contamination on the weightlifting bar that's on the platform, while lifters would have their own bar potentially in a warm-up room, uh, more so at international. At regional level, Uh, or local level, then you often find lifters sharing bars. There are ways around that in terms of the sprays uh, that can be used, uh, and that's for for people to be mindful of and and wary of. My concern when it comes to international competition is the ability of the governing body to put these things into practice. We've seen them dragging their heels on so many things, and just the forward thinking and, and... and being proactive that's what I'm struggling with at the moment is I could do a risk assessment right now and it'd be fairly comprehensive but I haven't seen anything uh, from the from the national governing body or from uh, an international governing body that says this is how we propose we run competitions get into good habits now so that when you get to competition it's not a surprise And I'm just not seeing anything that's coming through. I mean, I co-commentate with David Goldstrom, and I know that he's been proactive in trying to put a risk assessment together so that the European Championships can can go ahead. But again, I've seen nothing conclusive. And I think that could have been done months ago. You know, as soon as this came out and we knew it's going to be an issue. I mean, I've done a risk assessment for my gym. I've done a risk assessment for other things that we do here. And I don't see any reason why that can't already be in place for it to be put out there for people to have a look at and say, actually, you haven't thought about this or this could be a better way of doing it. I think that communication could be could have been done already. And certainly if it's not already done, then it needs to be and shared with people so that other people can have uh, input to make it as, as effective as possible. But you're right. I think with an individual sport that can be socially distanced, the only issue I foresee is the cross-contamination on bars uh, but that can be dealt with with a simple spray. I'm, I'm going to be using something called Liquid Medical, which is a uh, an alcohol-free disinfectant. It doesn't have any bleach in it, and it's a, it's more of a natural product, but kills the bacteria. Uh, and, and all you need to do is spray a bar. You don't need to wipe it or anything. So mm. that's what we're going to be using in our gym. That combined with Itai's wipes 
which we're going to use to wipe down other equipment that can be wiped down quite easily. You try using a wipe on a bar and it's just going to get shredded. So I think there needs to be a mindset. And, and have gyms considered that? You know, Have they considered what uh, disinfectants they're going to be using uh, in between people using the, the equipment? That's important. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think your, your point is really good that, you know, they should have been done before. They should have been on it. And I wonder if it's not a little bit of the secretive nature of weightlifting and that there's a lot of doping going on and there's not a lot of transparency in the sport because of that. We even saw just last winter, it seemed to go straight up to the top of the federation. Um, these kinds of cover-up kinds of things. And I wonder if that culture isn't affecting the transparency in dealing with COVID. So in answer to your question, is there a cover-up culture in weightlifting? Well, we know for sure that there has been, particularly when it comes to the doping scandals of the past. The question is, has the governing body changed for the sport? Well, I think only time will tell. It's difficult for me to speculate, and I certainly don't want to do that. But it's important now that our sport becomes much more transparent. And this is a perfect opportunity to try and regain some trust in lifters around the world by showing that they're working openly with us to try and make the sport safe and continue in a positive way going forward. Yeah, yeah, I, t I totally agree with that. And, and it seems that there is more silence than a voice coming from the top. Um, I mean, some of the things that have happened, there was the uh, Alico had an email competition and it had a great amount of people competing in it. I think there was something like six people from 63 countries sent in videos. Um, but at the same time, there's no testing and they're competing, you know, not really for, there's no records being kept. Um, but there's no testing and you're just kind of competing as yourself. So it's, yeah, it's, it's almost like a breakdown in the system. I wouldn't say a breakdown in the system. I'd say there's absolutely no guidance from the top. Simple as that. And then you've got companies like Alico who are seriously passionate about the sport, trying to do what's best for the sport and keep people interested and keep people motivated. So all credit to Alico for putting on such an event whereby people can take part and actively get involved and have some kind of focus during this difficult time. The question mark, I think, is comes from what you just said then about there's no testing. That's a completely separate issue. The fact this is an online competition is irrelevant. Let people take part. Whatever they're doing to get the results, who cares? However, when it comes to the elite and those people that should be tested and would be tested in a different situation, how now can we test those athletes to make sure that they are clean? If I was still competing as an athlete, and I was in the situation where I'm in now trying to protect myself from this virus because I'm caring for two babies and, and we can't afford to get ill. Would I, as a lifter, be happy for a drug tester to knock on my door and demand that I produce a urine sample? Would I be happy to let somebody come into my home and potentially be hanging around for a couple of hours waiting for me to pee in a pot? Uh, I think not. So there now is a separate issue here with regards to drug testing and whether the governing body has come up with criteria, not just the weightlifting governing body, but also the drug testing organizations from nation to nation. How are they 
getting around this issue. And I'm guessing they'll be turning up for testing with PPE. And I'm guessing athletes will have no say in the matter in that they will have to comply or face uh, the, the, the consequences of refusing a test. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of issues surrounding the sport at the moment. Uh, and, and these issues, we need to know how they're being dealt with. And that is down to the governing body to be transparent. And I would urge uh, those people from not just national governing bodies, but international federations to pull their finger out and actually start sharing that information with the people that matter. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's the, that's the same thing I was thinking is that how do you conduct testing in, in this type of situation? And we already know that lifters will take advantage because they do it normally. Um, and, and you wonder then what will happen. Um, well, 2021 is supposed to be Tokyo. Um, obviously, the qualifying schedule has changed. But just, I think, a couple weeks ago, the organizers said all the venues are secure. They're planning for the social distancing of the competitors as well as the audience. But, I mean, you know, this, is, this was such a came out of the blue, it seemed to us. I, what do you think? What do you think are the chances that we will have a Summer Olympics in 2021? You know, I, I desperately want to be optimistic. I mean, it, it's a big job for me as well. I've got the commentary job for, for weightlifting. Um, and, and obviously, I'm, I'm to go ahead. The question is, will it? Will it? Because at the moment, you know, in, in, in the UK, we're talking about a second spike. Well, hang on a minute. What about the third spike? What about mm -hmm. the fact that very few people actually are doing what we are told to do in, in the UK. I know it's different from country to country. I've just listened to the news this morning and, and heard of the much stricter sanctions that are being put in place in Melbourne, for example. Well, we've got nothing, nothing at all in terms of strict sanctions. You can go out and do whatever you want. You can go out, you can go uh, and not socially distance, and you don't even get stopped. Uh, I took a walk out with the babies only a couple of days ago, and I had to we had to take a different route because people were not socially distancing and while mm -hmm. it's outdoors we went out with masks on uh, and, and we kept our distance from everybody and we stayed safe but other people are not doing it uh, and I know I'm talking generally there there are a lot of people who are doing it and and it's thanks to those people that we're keeping it as under wraps as we can but regardless of what's being said and all that's put in place there are too many people not following the rules, and that is what's costing us. Um, and, and it's people like that that are now going to cause issues with things like, do the Olympics go ahead? I think there's going to be a lot of outbreaks between now and the end of the year, into the new year. Uh, do I feel happy to get on a plane right now? No, I don't. No, I don't, because I'm trying to stay safe. And maybe, maybe my mindset would be different if I didn't have babies to, to protect. Uh, I think it probably would be. I see some of our friends who are happy to get back to some kind of normality whilst we're still self-isolating and still having uh, shopping delivered to us because I don't want to go into a supermarket. So I think there's some people who need to be careful because they have vulnerable people they're caring for. And there are some people that, that don't have to care for people who are probably a little more relaxed. So will it go ahead? Will the Olympics go ahead? I hope it does. I'm fearful if I'm being honest. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, we just had here in Turkey the uh, Korban Bayram. It's a holiday Eid that lasts about four days. And I went with my wife to her summer house. 
And we were at the beach in the morning and people, very few people. But as the day goes on, it gets more and more crowded and the social distancing isn't happening. And the masks are, you know, coming out when they should. And in fact, there was one point where the Jermandan, um, which is like between the police and let's say the military, came and there was a woman confronting him with no mask. And I just thought the nerve of this woman. And I'm sure now in Turkey, because of this holiday, which, you know, people want to get together, of course. They, they want to feel normal. It's summer. But I, I bet two weeks later, Turkey will be in lockdown because of yeah. the holiday. Yeah. I think we'll have to go back to it. Um, it's such a challenge. Um, but let's, let's step back. I, I'm curious. You, you talked about if you were still competing. If you were still competing, if you were a senior lifter, how would you look at this time? Would you look at it as, aha, maybe my competitors are dropping the ball. Let's take it up a notch. Or would you think, let's work on getting rid of all those small aches. Let's try and get back to full mobility. Um, how would you approach a time like this? For me as an athlete, I would use any opportunity, even if it's just in the mind, to try and get ahead of my competitors. So assuming that I had the facility to still be able to train during this time, because remember that's going to be a big issue for a lot of lifters. There will be lifters out there who have a, a garage or who are able to set up equipment outside and borrow bars and weights. But on a whole, weightlifters don't own their own bar. They don't own their own set of weights. This is something we, we go to gyms for. So unless lifters have that equipment, then they're not going to be able to train. It's, it's as simple as that. Whereas if I were in a position where I could continue training, then for sure I would be head down uh, training as hard as I could. But not only that, making the most of the opportunity to rest properly. Most lifters, unless they are fully funded athletes, will probably be having to hold down a job or still be studying or in some kind of education. So they would be normally balancing work with the training loads and therefore body doesn't recover as well because you're more tired. But now, with no other distractions and life being cancelled, there's the opportunity, if the lifter has the facility, to be able to, to get up, go for a walk, to train in the morning and spend a bit of time conditioning, to go and have lunch, to then have a couple of hours nap or rest, and then train again. And after training the second time, make sure time is spent stretching uh, to, to make sure then that they get the good nutrients with, with good diet and recover again there is the opportunity or there was and, and probably still is in some areas where lockdown still continues the opportunity for athletes to train full time and why wouldn't you make the most of that opportunity yeah yeah um i just i mean i saw a lot of people like you said switching to the garage gym or the outdoor gym um and yeah, like you said, I mean, it, it allows, there's a separation between like the elite lifter and the way that they're treated by most governing bodies and, and the, the lifter that's not yet at that level. And, and like you said, it, it gives them the opportunity to kind of train like an elite lifter, not, not with all the resources, of course, but um, the opportunity to really train full time and take care of their body. Um, and actually, the, I was reading too, the postponing of the, uh, the Olympics has allowed a lot of athletes who couldn't, wouldn't have competed in 2020 now to who had injuries um, to be able to heal those injuries. And they're looking at competing in 2021. 
So it's changed the dynamics as well in that way. Uh, and it's also changed the dynamics. What about the, the many lifters or athletes across sports who would have retired after this summer, who now are trying desperately to hang on to maybe a broken body uh, to, to continue for another year? You've got it both ways. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, all in all, um, whether Tokyo happens or not, um, how optimistic are you about the transparency and the change? I mean, you were mentioning your um, the gentleman that you do the commentary with, David. Yeah, thank you. Um, maybe it, it's, it's something that's got to happen on a lower level in order for the top to change, that individuals have to take control, take ownership. Um, do you see that happening? No. No. <laughs> that was blunt. No, I don't. I think, I think, I mean, goodness me, how many times do you have to say, you know, this needs to happen, that needs to happen. And we're, we're 20 odd, 30 odd years down the line from when I started in the sport and still we're saying the same things. Okay. The circumstances are slightly different, but the fundamentals are, are still the same in that very little leadership from the top and direction filtering down. And I, no, nothing surprises me anymore. And that's a big reason why I've just gone it alone and just, just get on and do what we do and not rely on instruction from the top. I mean, to give you an idea, I can't even, I can't even plan uh, the following year because we don't get a, a governing body calendar until November, December even. So let's assume COVID wasn't an issue. I would be trying to plan the first six months of next year now so I can give people time, for example, to plan to come on training camps and, and what have you. But yet the governing body don't release their calendar of events until the end of the year. So we get to the end of the year, even after I've been pushing them for months, only to then be told, here are the dates. And then they clash with what I've planned in the diary. There's just such poor communication. And I, I welcome it to change. I really do. But I'm not optimistic. OK, OK. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I can't. You know, the, this whole crisis as well shows how organizations themselves um, don't work so well. I mean, when I look at my home country, the United States, I mean, I, I could never imagine it being like it is now. Mm. Um, I mean, just not only the COVID thing, but the issues of race and all of that. I mean, I, I, I say to my colleagues here, it's like a failed state, <laughs> you, know, you know, unless they can change with this next election cycle. I don't know what's going to happen there. So organizations themselves are just so, you know, let alone the sporting ones. Um, crazy, to be honest, and we're, we're in crazy times at the moment. I just hope that, that, you know, the world can pull together. It's it's a bit crazy to sit back and watch what's going on. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And and this is one of those moments where you, you, you look back at history and you say you either come together and go forward or you separate and fail, I think. Mm. Um, so hopefully we will do that. Um, what's uh, you said your calendar is? What's on your calendar for the next few months? Anything in particular? Nothing. In my mind, when we started to see January, February time, what was going on, and then we obviously knew we were having the babies in March. Uh, we made certain certain provisions in place. And before the babies came along, so the beginning of March, I preempted that we were going to have lockdown and we were going to have some, some issues. So 
pretty much moved everything in my diary to after the Olympics. Then the Olympics has been postponed and still in my diary I've got uh, things going forward. So I've got a training camp 14th to the 16th of August, which I'm, I'm pleased to say is, is still fully booked. Yes, we had a number of dropouts, but I've also had other people jump up. Um, I've got a six-day camp from the 21st of August through to the 27th of August, and I still have spaces on that. Uh, I have reduced the prices uh, by £100 on the, the three-day camp and by £200 on the six-day camp so that people can sort themselves out with food and accommodation. So, uh, yeah, I've got that in the diary. Uh, looking ahead, we've got a one-day seminar that I'm going to be running from uh, my home facility where we can socially distance. Um, and that's on the 6th of September. So that'll be, I'm looking forward to that one and actually having, you know, all these things, having people in person. And then end of September, beginning of October, I'm running a British weightlifting level one course uh, and a level two course for which I still have spaces. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not doing the level one. That's moved online. But the level two I'm still running and I've still got a couple of spaces left on that. And again, I'm going to be delivering that in person. Um, training camp wise then we've got another sorry we've got another seminar in October October the 9th uh, 10th um, I'm ignoring the competitions that are in the diary at the moment because I, I fear that they're going to be cancelled and then I've got training camps uh, 30th of October to the 1st of November and a couple of others be between then and the end of the year so I'm trying to be optimistic and plan ahead um, we've got bookings in the diary already for those so if anybody is keen to get on a training camp do drop me an email, MichaelaBreeze at hotmail.com, and I can fire over all of the information that's required. Um, but rest assured, we will be doing so in a safe environment. Nice. Well, you sound busy. Um, how about the book? How's the feedback been about your book? Oh, the, the feedback has been has been wonderful, and it's been very it's been lovely to to have such positive feedback. I'm sure there's people that disagree with some of the things in there, but hey, that's you know everybody's entitled to opinions, and and as you know, I'm very passionate about what I'm doing. Uh, for those that are not familiar, I've got a book out called It's Not a Feckin' Pull. Um, so, yeah, the title in itself uh, causes some, <laughs> some, some raised eyebrows. But um, for people that pick it up and actually go through it, the, the feedback has been, oh, my goodness, this, this is like a light bulb moment. And that's why I've done it, because it was a light bulb moment for me. And it's a, a light bulb moment that I want to share. And if it can benefit the people that read it, then, you know, I'm, I'm very happy as, as, as the person that's put it together. If people don't agree with it and they want to carry on with what they're doing, then, then no problem. But it's about education, really. And, and what I've had the opportunity to do with the book is, is share my experiences, share my journey, the challenges that I faced being female in a male-dominated sport, uh, having reached the highest levels with little support and then pretty much on my own. Uh, and, and now being able to share my coaching philosophy, and, and that's what I'm finding uh, hugely rewarding. And, and based on the back of the book, I've actually put the, my technical uh, model into an online coaching resource as well. So if you don't want to read and you can't be bothered to read or you don't have time to, but you still want to, to learn about my coaching model, then you can see on my website, which is powerposition.co.uk, uh, there is now an online coaching resource that you can then work through videos at your own pace and, and listen to my feedback and my thoughts and, and, and video yourself and, and analyze yourself, basically. Yeah. Now, is that the same thing? I think there was something about like there was six hours worth of video coaching. Is that are you referring yeah. to that same thing? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So it's, it's okay. on the, okay. in the shop section uh, and, and it, yeah, you, you purchase a package and basically I 
through with videos all of the lifts so snatch cleans and jerks but i also go through all of the prerequisite exercises so for example on snatch it would include things like overhead squats snatch balance hang snatch hang snatch below knee snatch from blocks snatch from deficit snatch deadlifts and so on um as well as snatch obviously but the way i deliver it is that i i deliver it in a way that i'm coaching somebody new to the sport so we build we start with the basics and we build and we build and we build until that lifter can snatch effectively. Uh, I also provide my own uh, common errors that are likely to happen, things to look out for. So once I've given that information, the lifter then, whoever's working through it, can video themselves, have a look, and then go, oh, yeah, look, I'm doing that, and then go back and, and try and work on the coaching points that I've given to try and correct it. So the only problem with that is you don't have my eyes on, but you do get all of my knowledge in uh, an online coaching resource. Super. Yeah, that's great. Um, and when you said light bulb moment, yeah, I think that's so true. Um, anybody that's come across your book has responded that way to me. Um, and I myself, I haven't been able to, I haven't been training. But as soon as I get back into the gym where I feel comfortable training, uh, I'm going to put some of those ideas into use because I, I was trained old school. Um, so when, when I first read your stuff or had opinions like your stuff, I always reacted, you know, knee jerk. Oh, no, no, it can't be that way. No, no, no. But, you know, it's, it's really great. I really enjoyed reading your book. No, good, thank um, you. Michaela, I'll let you get back to the twins. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> I wonder what fun is, is happening down at the house at the moment. And are they both going to be lifters, or what are they going to be doing? If I have anything to do with it, then definitely not. <laughs> if they've got any sense, then no. No, seriously, I mean, you know, I, I just want to provide opportunities for our boys, uh, and I want to, you know, I want to send them to swimming lessons as soon as we can. I want to get them into a gym club as soon as they can, and just... I just want them to be to enjoy physical activity in whatever shape or form that is, and, and uh, whether they like it or not, they're going to be seeing me coaching and, and 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 pick up the basics. I'm sure. Whether they want to do it or not is up to them. There's going to be no pressure from from us. Uh, we just want to support them to do whatever they want to do. Sounds good. Okay, Michaela. Uh, stay safe. Stay well. Best to you and your family. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks for coming on and talking on the podcast, and we look forward to talking to you again. Look forward to it. You take care. Thank you very much. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.